Welcome to Part 1 of HealthSystemCIO.com's panel discussion on women in IT leadership. In this segment, CIOs Sarah Richardson, Tressa Springman, and Julie Bonello talk about what they believe are the core competencies for women in leadership roles, how to create an environment where staff can take time off without worrying about job security, and why family care discussions should include everyone, not just new mothers. Thank you so much to all of you for taking the time to speak with us today for this panel on women in IT leadership. I think we'll get some uh, really interesting perspectives out there. So if you want to introduce yourselves, starting with Sarah, your name, your organization, how long you've been there, things like that. Absolutely. My name is Sarah Richardson. I am the California Market CIO for Healthcare Partners. Uh, we are currently at Davida Medical Group and in the purchase uh, process of going to Optum Care. I have been with the organization about two and a half years. Southern California, our footprint is about 600,000 patients in a managed care environment, both primary and specialty care, primarily LA and Orange counties at this interval. We've been around since 1992. Okay, great. And Tressa? Good afternoon. My name is Tressa Springman. I'm the Senior Vice President and CIO at LifeBridge Health, which is a approximately $2 billion integrated delivery network in the Maryland area. And uh, thanks for having us, Kate. Sure. And Julie? Hi, I'm Julie Bonello. I'm the Chief Information Officer for Rush Health. We're a clinically integrated network with four hospitals, 1,500 providers, 500,000 patients in the greater Chicagoland area. Yeah, and I'm, I'm excited to be here. Great. Okay. So a couple different um, topics I want to get around to. But to start off, when looking at your career, would you say that there were challenges you faced along the way due to being a woman? And if so, how you handled them? Does anybody want to share on that? Yeah, Sarah, I'll jump in with a, I would say a funny story. First foray into healthcare, I worked at the county hospital in Las Vegas, Nevada, and I was the assistant IT director. And my boss was this gentleman who was just awesome, very dynamic guy always brought me to all his meetings and all of his events so that I would get exposure. And we were at a county meeting, and I was relatively new, so people didn't really know who I was. And someone had asked me, I was there before him, and they said, um, who are you? And I said, oh, I'm Sarah Richardson, I'm Ernie's assistant. And they said, well, then will you be taking the notes today? And I was like, oh, no, I'm his assistant director. Sorry, someone else is going to have to do that. And it was just that assumption of me obviously being a secretary versus his junior executive. I always think about that as an experience of clarification and responsibility is probably important. But the assumption that I was his secretary has always stayed with me. Yeah. This is Tressa. I, I love direct stories because I think they're so representative. And I think many of us have them, and many of them are funny. And I think that that really speaks to the fact that developing a sense of humor and learning ways to take that tension out of the situation or out of the room and put others at comfort, sadly, has become really a valued leadership competency for female leaders. So I just think Tara's story speaks directly to that. Yeah. And I think that, again, a sense of humor and being able to very effectively manage what can be super awkward situations is pretty key because we're in an environment right now where I think a lot of females actually lose opportunities because we have stressed our male colleagues out so much that they're just even worried about how to approach us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that, that that can be the case. 
so would you say that you have to kind of have a thick skin? You know, I think when you're making tough decisions, no matter what your role and no matter what your gender, uh, at least my personal commitment is to make the decision process transparent because inevitably when you are making decisions, you're alienating someone. Somebody will perceive to be losing. So I think thick skin comes along with the leadership journey, but absolutely you, you need to put that in a box and, and learn it very early if in fact, whether it's race, gender, or belief structure, if you are thin-skinned about things like that, inevitably, you know, we're human, and sometimes, sadly, it's intentional, but lots of times it's unintentional that things are said that can get under your skin for sure. Right. Julie, do you have anything to add on that? Yeah, I'm almost trying to figure out where to start. Let me just mention one challenge that I faced And it's probably, I would guess that other female leaders probably face it in their career. Um, Midway through my career and probably at the height of my career, I had ailing parents. And so what I decided to do, because I actually grew up with a disabled sister and watched them take care of her, I made the choice that I needed to leave my career and really give back to my parents. And I think that was kind of a, a good guidepost for me because I worked in healthcare, but getting back into your career as a female IT leader was actually quite daunting, and I really had to um, figure out how best to do that, and I think what opportunities came my way were opportunities as a fix-it, which was great to be able to jump back in and be successful, but it was one of the ways I would characterize the opportunities I've been back for a a while now, but one of the things that I've reflected on was, for me, I've been 10 years as a caregiver than for my parents. And I I can say that being a a healthcare IT leader and what I learned through that experience just made me um, an even better leader. Sometimes I think that when we have female leaders leave, what they gain in leaving, we should evaluate as perhaps contributing toward even a greater breadth of leadership capabilities. just thought I would share that because it has been something that I've spent a lot of time thinking about. Right. Yeah, that's really interesting. And it, it ties into some of the other topics I wanted to get into as well when, when we talk about work-life balance. I think that it's a common thing to have either parents to care for or, or children, no matter what age. And this kind of thing, you know, let's face it, it is different for women leaders. And I, I wanted to talk about kind of how you approach this. And, and Sarah, I know that it's important to you to spend time with your mom. And how have you made that part of your um, philosophy yeah, absolutely. And people ask me one of the reasons. So I came back to California after being really out of the state for 24 years. And everyone's like, why did you come back to California? So my mom is older, but she's healthy. And she got sick. I mean, she was hospitalized for a few days when I was working in Florida. And I was so far away that I was like, this is unacceptable. And so I found a way to get back to California to be closer to her. We're in the same state now. She's in San Francisco. I'm in L.A., which is eight hours apart, essentially, give or take traffic. But I'm lucky. There's a direct flight from here to there. And so every sixth week, I work Thursday, Friday remotely from her kitchen table. 
and I make it a priority to spend time with her dedicated and then we do other stuff here and there but I've told my boss I said you know if my mom ever gets ill I have to go take care of her it may never happen but please know that my priority in coming back here first was her and so that resonates because they realize that I'm already working remote here and there sometimes maybe if that ever happened it would be something that we could figure out but I'm grateful that I don't feel like it has to be a negotiable item it's like I know that I would never hesitate to walk away from my career to go take care of my family and I'm grateful that other people appreciate that perspective for us because sometimes that's the role that we have and when we're honest about it we get a lot of respect by by having that level of openness yeah but do recruiters think that how do recruiters evaluate women leaving their careers it's a great question a long time ago, I opened my own company on the side so that I always have like this level of like constant employment. And that was like a recommendation from a friend of mine who did the same thing. So I have my own LLC simply because I always wanted to be able to show continuous employment. So I don't know if that answers the question, but it was one of the things that I realized was probably important just so that I could show that I was still active uh, really in the industry. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. And Tressa, is it important to be able to offer people that flexibility when it comes to either family leave or just being able to care for their families? Absolutely. You know, I have a number of children now grown. And ironically, you know, when we talk about stories, I remember when I told my then boss, who was a female, that I was pregnant, she was like, oh, my God, are you kidding me? Because, you know, we had all these go lives. I mean, I just wanted to climb out back under her table and you know here was one of the most joyous events in my life right and thank god we've come fast forward from that you know in our organization we have implemented sick and safe leave programs look the reality is we are continually trying to juggle the work that needs to get done with the work-life balance that we really need to ensure that our associates have and you know it's critical it's critical that they have got that safety and that ability to not wonder when they've got to be taking care of other things, that they're not having to worry about the security of their job. I think the country's come a long way. I think it could come farther. And I know our organization certainly has. I, I think the more disappointing aspect of this As with any other kind of benefit, we do see folks who um, take advantage and who hide behind excuses or take advantage of circumstances that create some real challenge as a leader in this area for all. Julie, having gone through that experience where you decided to take this time off, not off, but decided to reprioritize, has it helped your perspective in that way? Yeah, I I guess there are life changes that people go through. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the more you go through as you progress through your adult life, the more humble you are, right? Um, And Mm -hmm. so I think now for me, I'm supportive of the family in my department. And so what do I mean by that? I think oftentimes we see raising a family as, we talk about it from maternity leave, et cetera. And a lot of times in order to um, increase the perspective 
of what's going on with everyone in our in the department it's good to have the guys talk about it too yeah. and so i think it, it allows everyone to understand each other more and we work so hard and to understand what we give our families is really important so i very much think about supporting the family for everybody Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.